G'day everyone, welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled podcast. My name is Nikki Shea and for the next little while we'll be delving into some of the great places that you can travel right around Australia. If you're new to the podcast, a very warm welcome to you. You can jump onto our website which is fatcatmedia.com.au and there you'll be able to listen to all of the previous episodes from episode one right through up to our current catalogue of podcasts. So make sure you jump on there. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Just search for the Road Less Travelled Podcast 2021 on Instagram and the Road Less Travelled Podcast on Facebook and you can interact with us at any stage by dropping us an email which is fatcat at iinet.net.au or you can SMS 042-752-8467. We uh, really enjoy getting your feedback and also some uh, great ideas for upcoming episodes as well as we head now towards the latter part of uh, 2021. What a varied year it has been and uh, most of the country now out of various stages of lockdown which is really encouraging and uh, plenty to see out there so make sure you get out there and this week's episode I thought we'd speak of getting out there and crossing the biggest plane of them all we talked this week about the Nullarbor plane now if you're crossing the mighty Nullarbor and it's on your bucket list or maybe it's not on your bucket bucket list make sure you put it on there here's what you need to know before you set off The Nullarbor has a tough reputation. It's 1,256 kilometres. It's the longest route of of an outback odyssey from South Australia's Air Peninsula to the goldfields of WA. That's if you're heading from east to west. For first timers, tackling this semi arid highway is nothing short of daunting, especially when you're towing a caravan or a trailer and have kids to consider as well. From your last fuel stop to stocking up in groceries and where you're allowed to camp, here's what you need to know. Now, we've done the Nullarbor plane trip many times with both caravan boats, uh, trailers, or just solitary in the car. So, how to prepare? Well, back in the 1970s, in about 1972, my grandparents came across the Nullarbor when they went around a, a trip around Australia in, I think, with pictures I've seen with a little jelly bean caravan. I think it might have been either a H, uh, H, I don't think it was a HK, I think it was a HG or HT, uh, Kingswood, and most of the roads were dusty and dirt. So in the 70s, the Nullarbor crossing was, in fact, a dirt road, often corrugated and reserved for the most adventurous travellers. Nowadays, though, the route from Sejuna in South Australia to Norseman in WA along the Air Highway is bitumen. However, there is still plenty to be cautious about, including the four-wheel drive-only detours to some campsites. The best way to make sure you'll last the distance and enjoy it and be comfortable and safe in doing so is to make sure that your vehicle is up to scratch. Before you set off, check your vehicle's oil and coolant levels. It's worth carrying extras of both, especially if you have an older car, although you may be able to pick up some at the roadhouses along the way. You want to know, though, how much mileage you get from a tank of fuel too, as the roadhouses can be a few hours apart. And it's best to carry a jerry can of fuel so you don't get caught out. You should also ensure that your tyres are in good condition, even if you're not going off-road and that you have the spares for both your car and trailer. And from personal experiences, after a couple of blowouts on trailers and using the spare and having to leave a trail on the side of the road, it is certainly worth looking at carrying a couple of uh, spare wheels as well. 
when it comes to stocking up on fuel, food and water, you will be that'll be your biggest consideration. And your type of vehicle and caravan or camper or trailer will play a huge part in how long you can last before needing to stop for all three. If you're coming from the east coast, Sejuna is the last town to stock up in. Norseman in the west is the biggest one to stock up with. The town is small but well equipped for road trippers. There's a large, this is in Sejuna, there's a large foodland grocery store where you'll find everything you can need, albeit often at slightly inflated prices, but that's another thing that you need to expect when you're heading on the Nullarbor. Bananas, for example, at Sejuna will set you back about $6 to $8 a kilo. You also need to keep the amount of fruit and vegetables that you buy to a minimum, as there's a quarantine checkpoint when you cross into WA, and most produce will need to be eaten, frozen, cooked, or binned. It's wise to plan your meals before you leave, including car snacks, as the roadhouses have absolutely identical menus of steak sandwiches, burgers, hot chips, and stale chico rolls. There are a few service stations in Sejuna, and it's worth taking note of the fuel prices, as they do vary. And given fuel is pricey out here, you will want the best deal you can find. You can also fill up your caravan or camper water tank on your way out of Sejuna. It cost, at, back in 2020, it cost a dollar for 100 litres, and you'll want to have a filter as well. Make sure you carry extra drinking water, as you won't be able to top up your tank along the way due to the due to basically drought and also a lot of untreated water. And if you buy it from a shop, expect to pay exorbitant $18 for 10 litres of water. If you're unsure of where to go and what advice, the staff at the Visitors Information Centre at Sejuna are helpful, and you can pick up a detailed map of the highlights and driving distances there too. So, once you're on the road and you want to camp, where do you camp? Well, when it comes to campsites, Cactus Beach, which is officially Point Sinclair Camping Ground, is one of the best. There are no signposts, though, directing you off the air highway, and the surfing crowd, the flock here, like to really keep it under wraps. But it's a top spot, certainly worth calling into, especially if you're craving the ocean. You turn, you turn towards the coast at Penong Primary School, you can't miss it, and travel about 20 minutes over a rutted dirt road. Expect to pay about 15 bucks per adult per night and $5 per child aged 5 to 15 years per night. The facilities there include cold showers, flushing toilets and fire pits with a daily top-up of firewood. At the other end of the highway is Fraser Range Station. That's a fantastic place to spend a night or two, especially at the end of your trip. With a cow, camel and flock of emus roaming the property, the kids will love it too. There's also a great camp kitchen and the owners put on a cooked meal for visitors every evening for 30 bucks a head. The showers are hot too, a dollar for five minutes, and there is bore water there that is safe to drink. Unpowered grass sites cost $22 and powered sites $30 per night. There are other basic caravan parks along the air highway with most of the roadhouses offering dusty paddocks with power, toilets and showers. Plenty of worthwhile stops along the way. Nullarbor Roadhouse is a nice place to stretch your legs, have a bathroom break and grab a slice of cake, sandwich or ice cream. There's a tidy bar which is open 10am uh, to 10pm with pool table and pinball machine and the original roadhouse from the 1950s is still standing and worth checking out. The manager will also greet you with a smile and if you're keen to stay one night at a roadhouse, this place, 20 bucks unpowered and 30 bucks powered sites. Certainly the place. Cocklebitty Roadhouse is also worth calling into with a clean and quirky little bar and friendly staff. For photo opportunities, there are a couple of cool animal road signs there, one at uh, Yalata, 
and the other at the Nullarbor Roadhouse. You might also like to grab a snap of the 90-mile straight sign just west of Kaigina. It marks the start of Australia's longest straight road of 146.6 kilometres. There isn't much happening in Norseman, so expect to drive another two hours south to Esperance on the coast or two hours north to Kalgoorlie before setting up camp. If you and the family want to stretch your legs, though, Norseman does have an excellent program for the kids. Most importantly, the Be Open Minded have a podcast list as well ready for enjoying the ride. Now, if you have a CB radio or a UHF radio, you can tune into the Truck Drivers Channel, UHF 40. You'll be able to hear if they need to pass and you can give them a heads up if you want to overtake them and check if it's okay to do so. Don't drive past dusk. There are road signs warning of emus, kangaroos, wombats and even stray cows and you might see plenty of birds of prey dining on the roadkill so be conscious of the need to slow down. Now there is very little phone reception along the highway so let loved ones know when you're leaving and when you reach the other end. There are bins everywhere including at all the truck stops so don't litter and if you're not self-contained make sure your toilet breaks at the roadhouses are timed where possible. Be aware though, dog baits are used in some areas, so be mindful of this if you're travelling with pets or children. Finally, there's a lovely sense of camaraderie on the Nullarbor, so be sure to give a friendly wave to passing caravanners. Now, if you're heading from west to east, you can do it in this particular order, from Norseman to Belladonia in day one. It's an eight-hour drive from Perth that brings you to Norseman, where your journey for the Nullarbor as you're heading east begins. If you'd like to play the 18-hole par 72 Nullarbor links, which is spread across two states and two time zones, be sure to make a detour to the Gold Rush town of Kalgoorlie Boulder, where you can buy your scorecards from the Visitor Centre. You play the first two holes at the Kalgoorlie Golf Course, one hole at the Camp Boulder Golf Club, and two holes at the Norseman Golf Club, and clubs can be hired at each of these courses. It's 190 kilometres or 118 miles between Kalgoorlie and Norseman. You can check out life-size tin monuments of the early camel trains before heading east along the Air Highway. Driving past the woodlands of Dundas Nature Reserve and climb the granite hills of Fraser Range, circled by the world's largest eucalyptus hardwood forest. You can walk through the towering blackbutt, salmon gums and green gimlets and see Mount Pleasant rising over the forest. If you visit the Fraser Range Sheep Station, which is 105 kilometres east of Norseman, you will, as I said earlier, spot the birds, camels and wildflowers on a bushwalk and you can play the sheep's back par three hole if, you, if you're a golfer. Drive 40 kilometres east to Newman Rock for views of the forest range and plains and then it's just another 50 kilometres east to the Belladonia Roadhouse, which is the first stop on the Nullarbor journey from WA to South Australia. In 1979, Belladonia hit the world news when parts of the US Skylab space station fell to Earth around here. Now, you can see some bits at the Free Belladonia Cultural Heritage Museum, which also has exhibits of Aboriginal heritage, European exploration and settlement, local flora and fauna. It is located at the roadhouse where you can cool off in the pool, have dinner, spend the night in a motel room or in the caravan park. Day 2, Belladonia to Kaguna. You start your day with an excellent coffee at the roadhouse, stock up on water, food and petrol before playing the Par 3 Skylab hole through the scrub. Beware of snakes. This is where the golf course starts to get quite peculiar. The holes in the Nullarbor comprise greens and tees and rugged fairways through the scrub. Playing the course becomes a quirky Aussie outback experience. 
You can ask at the row house for directions to the nearby Belladonia rocks, which is loosely translated Belladonia, comes from an Aboriginal word meaning big red rock. Here, there's superb views of the flat plains. The Afghan rocks are 14 kilometres east of Belladonia, where freshwater dams provided water for the early Afghan camel drivers. From here, drive the 90 miles straight, 147 kilometres, the world's longest stretch of road. Don't forget to take a photo at the iconic wildlife road signs. It ends at Kaguna, where you can drive south to the coast to check out the Kaguna blowhole. Play the par 4 90 mile straight hole through the trees before dinner and get the night spent at the John Eyre Motel and Caravan Park. On day 3 it can be Kaguna to Madura. You drive from the Kaguna Roadhouse 65 kilometres to Cocklebitty, once an Aboriginal mission where you can play the par 4 Eagle's Nest hole. If you have a four wheel drive and are experienced in rough tough conditions you can explore the local nature reserve to see some of the world's longest unbroken cliffs along with stunning coastal scenery and beaches. Walk ahead to visit and you can also stay there overnight the Air Bird Observatory. It's Australia's first bird observatory. It was established in 1997 in the 1897 Stone Telegraph Station nestled between the woodlands and white dunes within walking distance of the beach. It's a 34km detour via four-wheel drive only southeast of the Air Highway. You will, though, be rewarded by seeing the likes of Silver Eyes, Singing Honey Eaters, Brown Falcons and the pretty pink and white Major Mitchell Cockatoos. Back on the Air Highway, you can continue for 92 kilometres to Madura, which is the midway point between Adelaide and Perth, where robust horses known as whalers were bred for the Australian Light Horse Brigade in World War I. Today, sheep graze alongside the roadhouse, where you can rest and refuel for the night after playing the Par 3 Brumbies Run Hole, Brumby, of course, being a wild horse. Day four is Madura to Border Village. From Madura, the high-flanked highway stretches into the horizon without interruption for 117 kilometres to the Mundrabilla Roadhouse, where Australia's largest meteorite was discovered. Here, you can play the Par 4 watering hole and stock up on food, water and fill at the roadhouse before continuing another 66 kilometres to the top of the Hampton Tableland at Eucla home to the fascinating shifting sand dunes of the Euclid National Park. Here, I really recommend you see and stop at the old telegraph station, which was once Australia's busiest regional telegraph station, which is slowly being claimed by the dunes. You can walk to the derelict jetty that once used to ship the supplies to pioneers and enjoy the white sandy beach. Visit the small museum there and take in the sweeping views from the top of the escarpment. Back in Eucla, you can play the Par 4 Nullivore Nymph Hole at the Eucla Golf Course before driving 12 kilometres to cross the South Australian border at Border Village. Here, you can enjoy a refreshing swim in the pool, a bite to eat and a comfortable bed at the Border Village Roadhouse. On day five, you can head from Border Village to the Nullivore Roadhouse. Head over the giant kangaroo to play the Par 3 Border Kangaroo Hole before you suck up on water, food and petrol. Then follow the air highway through the Nullarbor National Park alongside the sheer 90 metre high, 200 kilometre long Bunda Cliffs. This is the longest line of sea cliffs in the world. Here you can see Australia's southern edge drop dramatically to the sea from any of the five signposted lookouts over the cliffs. But be careful when treading around the limestone cliff tops as they do crumble easily. 
From here, the highway traverses classic Nullarbor country, which is treeless and seemingly limitless plains, where you'll see lots of semi-trailers, road trains, hurrying goods across the continent. It is 184 kilometres between Border Village and the Nullarbor Roadhouse. Here, play the Par 5 Dingo Den hole at the recently upgraded Roadhouse before checking out the Aussie music icon murals at the murals, rather not murals, Murals in the bar where you can play around a pool with passing truck drivers or truckies and the grey nomads after dinner. Don't forget to look at the night sky to see the Southern Cross and the Southern Hemisphere constellation. There is absolutely no light pollution out here. On day six, you can head from Nullarbor Roadhouse to Sejuna. From here to Nundru, you'll be travelling through the Yellata Aboriginal land and will need a permit to venture off the highway. Pick one up from the Whitewell Ranger Station on the short 20km journey south to the head of the Bight. Here, the whale-watching platform is one of the world's best land-based vantage points to see a whale nursery. The southern right whales, which can grow to 18 metres, they are 18 metres in length, mate and carve in these protected waters between May and October. Back on the highway, you could drive about 130 kilometres to the next roadhouse at Nundru and play the Par 5 Wombat Hole. You can take a 55-kilometre detour to the picturesque fishing haven of Fowler's Bay. Here, watch whales from the rugged sea cliffs. You can also do a whale-watching boat tour on which you can spot fur seals and sea lions, hike along the sand dunes and spot wildlife in Fowler's Bay Conservation Park. From here, it's 71 kilometres to Penong, where you'll see dozens of old-fashioned windmills at the Windmill Museum and play the par-4 windmills hole at the Penong Golf Course. Just 22 kilometres south of Penang, surf the world-class breaks of Cactus Beach or swim in the netted enclosure. From Penang, it's 72 kilometres onto Sejuna, to the sandy curves of Murat Bay, where you can buy Aboriginal art and craft work from the Sejuna Aboriginal Arts and Culture Centre, play the last two holes of the Nullarbor Links, the Par 5 Oyster Bed Hole and the Par 4 Denial Bay Hole at the Sejuna Golf Club. From here, you can head on to Adelaide, which is about 800 kilometres away. Spend a few days in Adelaide or continue your journey south uh, through South Australia. And Kangaroo Island is another one we might do a, a bit of a talk about later on. That's certainly brimming with wildlife on the Great Ocean Road, as we've spoken about on one of our other podcasts, is one of Australia's most magical coastal trips. So start planning your adventure on the Nullarbor, but uh, make sure that you're well prepared and take it for what it is. It's a fantastic journey. Don't Everyone just seems to want to rip through there and not see some of the sights along the way. But as I said, you can do it in six days, you can do it in a week, uh, and then just really enjoy the sights that are there at uh, and going through all the various places along the Nullarbor. And I hope with the Road Less Travel podcast that it encourages you to get out there. And if you've ticked off all the big-name trails, it's time to, I guess, discover the lesser-known but just as attractive road trips. We might do seven different routes in seven different states and territories. While we're speaking of South Australia, where the Nullarbor ends and begins, if you're in South Australia, obviously, if you love everything to do with the sea, then this next road trip should be well on your wish list. From Wyala to Streaky Bay in South Australia, it's called the Seafood Frontier, and takes in the best of the Eyre Peninsula. Although it's only 11 hours travel time, it's best to spend about five days so you've got plenty of time to make stops along the way. There's a heap of accommodation options along the route for both caravanners and campers, and if you also just want to motel it. 
Meanwhile, I'd don a dry suit and head underwater, get up close to Australians, Australians, Australia's giant cuttlefish. Then you can head to Cow, this is on the Air Peninsula, where there's a short but stunning drive from Cow to Port Gibbon on an unsealed road. Then on to Port Neal, where you can stop for a gorgeous beach swim. Then down to Port Lincoln, where you can go swimming with wild sea lions and exploring camp in the Port Lincoln National Park. You can also take a short drive to Fishery Bay and spend a morning splashing around the beautiful white sand beaches. From Port Lincoln up to Coffin Bay where you can join an oyster farm tour and visit the coastal dunes of Coffin Bay National Park. Then head up to Alliston where don't miss the 12 kilometres Great Ocean Drive loop for astounding scenery and Alliston's famous sunsets. Then on to Streaky Bay, a gorgeous seaside town, certainly worth a look. South Australia's best in it is, uh, so you can go from Wyar to Cow, down to Port Neal, into Port Lincoln, then up to Coffin Bay, up to Alliston, and then up to Streaky Bay, and then you can finish and conclude at Sejuna. So these are just seven quick different routes that you can do um, in seven states and territories. Now if you're in Victoria, here's a good one for you. You can leave the coast behind and head to the mountains along Victoria's Great Alpine Road, which is Australia's highest year-round accessible sealed road. Travelling from pretty Wangaratta through bright Omeo and Mount Hotham to Gippsland Lakes, this 339-kilometre route is lovely for long weekends. For a place to stay, you can check out the bright Riverside Holiday Park. At Rutherglen, you can sample the fortified wine in this historic town, and that is what Rutherglen is known for. Then on to Wangaratta, you can time your visit for the Wangaratta Festival of Jazz and Blues, which is held every November. Millowa, you can indulge at the Millowa Cheese Factory and take a trip to the gorgeous town of Beechworth. Then on to Mount Buffalo, where you can go hiking, rock climbing or cross-country skiing in winter in and around the Mount Buffalo National Park. Then on to Mount Hotham, where again in winter you can go skiing and snowboarding or hiking and horse riding in the warmer months. From there it's to Omeo, where you can immerse yourself in gold mining history along the main street. Then into Bansdale, where you can call into St Mary's Roman Catholic Church to see the impressive interior paintings. And if you're still looking for more, take the short drive to Meetung and celebrate the end of your trip with a seafood lunch. You can catch your own too. So Rutherglen, Wangaratta, Millowa, Mount Buffalo, Mount Hotham, Omeo, and then down to Bansdale. That is the Great Alpine Road Trip in Victoria. For our New South Wales friends, the south coast of New South Wales, get out there and explore it. The coastal tourist towns, a burgeoning oyster industry and a striking farmland make the New South Wales south coast a relaxing and varied road trip. From the striking seascapes of South, south Durras to the rolling hills of central Tilba, it's best to take it slow down this 100-kilometre section of the Princess Highway and drink it all in. At South Durras, you can walk around the Wasp Head Cliffs and go snorkeling in the ocean-fed North Head Rock Pools. Then on to Batemans Bay, where you can learn about the Clyde River's oyster farms on a boat tour or scenic helicopter flight. Morara is next. You can stop in this sweet country town on a Saturday when the Riverside Market is on and make sure you arrive early to beat the traffic. Then on to Turos Head, where you can enjoy a day beachcombing and swimming north of Turos Lake Inlet. On to Bedella, lunch at the Bedella Dairy Shed in this 150-year-old farming community. Then on to Naruma, where you can take a tinny out on a stunning Wagonga inlet for a morning of fishing or go for a stand-up paddle. And then finish it off at Central Tilbo, where you can step back in time while wandering the streets of this charming heritage-listed town. 
and that is get out there to see the south coast of New South Wales. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast, hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. There's a location that we haven't touched on yet. It's the Nature's Way of the Northern Territory. If you want to see highlights of the Northern Territory, follow Nature's Way taking in Darwin, Litchfield, Kakadu and Catherine. The only NT musts you'll be skipping are Alice Springs and Uluru. Save them for another trip and instead, instead spend a week following this 550km circuit. You'll be spoilt for choice with campsites. A standout there is Kakadu's Coinda Campground in Caravan Park where there's a flash camp of luxury tents during the dry season. We start off at Catherine where you can lap up the beauty of Catherine's numerous hot springs and gorges. Head along to the Nitmilik National Park where you can walk, kayak or cruise through the gorges of the Catherine River. Then on to Kakadu where you can hike to the top of the Gunlom Falls for a soak in the natural infinity pool in the dry season. Then you can four-wheel drive to Jim Jim and Twin Falls when the roads are open. Then it's on to Darwin. Cool down at one of the great city water parks. Catch sunset at Mindal Beach before grabbing dinner from one of the Asian cuisine market stalls. From there, you can head on to Litchfield National Park, spend a day visiting Wangi and Florence Falls and swimming at the Bewley Rock Hole. One of our upcoming trips will be from Mount Isa through to Darwin, so certainly looking forward to bringing you that one. One place is I uh, really recommend that you do this one. It's the South Coast Highway in Western Australia. It's one of Australia's most promising tourist destinations and it's the southwest of WA. In some of the regions, highlights can be found between Albany and Walpole, about a 118-kilometre one-way trip. Although there's no official name for the route, it's an easy drive along the South South Coast Highway. You could do it in a morning or spend a couple of nights in each town. The Emu Beach Holiday Park in Albany makes for a handy and comfortable base. In Albany, you can mingle with locals and tourists at the Albany Farmer's Market every Saturday and take in the great views from the Albany Wind Farm. Then it's on to Denmark, where you can stroll through trendy Denmark, calling into the boutiques and cafes. From there to the William Bay National Park, where you can go for a dip in an insta-famous greens pool and then walk to Elephant Rocks, which is a collection of seaside boulders. From there, it's on to Nordalup, where you can immerse yourself in a forest of tingle trees at Valley of the Giants Treetop Walk, finishing off at Walpole where you can go surfing, beach fishing and four-wheel driving. So that is the South South Coast Highway in Western Australia stretching from Albany to Walpole. Thoroughly recommend that one. Another trip that I'm looking forward to doing in the not-too-distant future is down to Tasmania. This week it's the Convict Trail when you get out there. Tasmania is a great touring state and what I've told one of the best ways to blend its history and beauty is by following the 205km Convict Trail from Hobart to Port Arthur. You can do it in a morning or take your time over a few days. The Discovery Parks Hobart is a lovely place to base yourself. From Hobart, well, you can wander the sandstone buildings of the Salamanca Place before visiting the colonial-era cottages of historic Battery Point. From then on to Richmond, where you search for treasures in antique shops, pop into the art galleries, and also be sure to travel across Australia's oldest and convict-built bridge. 
From there it's the Coal River Valley. Hop between the 16 vineyards in this pretty little region before onto Copping where you call into the Colonial and Convict Exhibition for a close look at convict artefacts. At Eagle Hawk Neck, the next stop, you can soak in the views from top of the neck, also stopping by the sculptures marking the former dog line used to be a defence against convicts who were on the run. And we finish off at Port Arthur where you spend a day wandering in the atmospheric ruined buildings of Port Arthur Historic Site, of course, a former penal colony. That is on the Convict Trail of Tasmania from Hobart right through to Port Arthur. And for our Queensland listeners, hugging one of Australia's most beautiful natural attractions, this 140-kilometre drive promises stunning coastline and rainforests. It starts in Cairns and heads north to Cape Tribulation and is a great trip for people seeking an easy adventure. The best time to visit is winter before the air is too humid and the ground is too wet. So Cairns is Australia's gateway to the Great Australia, uh, well, the Great Barrier Reef, the greatest Australian reef in the world. The world listed, I put my sentence here, the world and heritage listed. You can sign up for a scuba dive or snorkeling cruise in Cairns. Up to Palm Cove where you can stop for lunch and a swim in this resort, which is a, a pretty much a resort-styled community, as is Port Douglas, where you can catch sunset over the water or better yet, on a sunset sail, soak up a tropical fruit and on the Saturday, Saturday and Sunday markets where you can stop, stock up. Then it's on to Mosman Gorge where you can explore the wet tropics on a guided Indigenous tour or hike the 2.4km rainforest circuit. On to Cow Bay Beach, go sea kayaking or snorkeling on the inshore reefs. Keep your eyes open for the cassowaries and the crocs. And it finishes at Cape Tribulation where you can swim with turtles and eagle rays on an eco tour or go jungle surfing through the rainforest canopy. So that's the Great Barrier Reef Drive in Queensland from Cairns up to Cat Tribulation. So plenty to uh, join. Well, you, you can take as long as you want. You can do it in a couple of days or you can do it in a week or two weeks. So that was our seven different states and territories, seven different routes. I hope you've enjoyed a little bit, just a brief little adventure of uh, seven little trips that you can do. And as I said, if you've ticked off all the big name trails, it's time to discover these lesser known ones, but just as attractive little road trips all around Australia. Make sure you get out there, make sure you plan your trip, get a bucket list together and get out there and see this fantastic country. That's about it for this week's show. We've jammed a whole lot in this week and I hope you've enjoyed it. Love to grab your um, thoughts on the show, where we're going, how we're going. And uh, you can do that by dropping us an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. Following us on social media, please give us a, a like and a share and get the word out there that the road less travel is made in Australia for Australians. My name is Nikki Shea and I hope to catch you somewhere on the road less travelled. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been The Road Less Travelled, a podcast about travelling and camping on the road. Written and hosted by me, Nikki Shea, produced by Fat Cat Media. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, please leave a review. Any comments or questions, please email fatcat at iinet.net.au and to be notified on the new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We'll be back with a new episode next week. (laughs) 